disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected woman, a person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Welcome back to season two of Black Girl SOS. I'm super hyped. First of all, thank you so much to everyone who made season one, season one, from constructive criticism to participating um, in the conversations, in the comment sections, sharing, telling a friend to tell a friend, um, subscribing, following, all of you who were active participants in making season one what it was. Thank you so much. Um, you made my labor of love completely worthwhile and totally the reason that I am back with the second season. So I know that a lot of people requested merch and I made myself accountable and said that I would have merch <laughs> for the relaunch and merch is available. Link in the bio. Super geek to be bringing you guys merch. I hope that you love it as much as I do. Um, what else? What else do we have coming for us second season? Oh, the one-year anniversary is coming up. September 23rd is the one-year anniversary of Black Girl SOS, and we shall be celebrating Mad Extra because that's on brand for me. That's how I give it up. So that's how we're going to be giving it up. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really exciting season. I'm just really, really hyped for some of the guests that I already have lined up, some of the interviews that... Um, I can't wait to bring to you some of the conversations that I can't wait to, you know, engage with um, you all. So it's going to be a very, very dope season two. Now let's get right to it for episode one. Um, I want to talk about the fact that black women just can't fucking do shit in peace. So there was like a 10 day, I don't know, 10 to 14 day span of time where, I mean, the world was dick sucking us OD, like OD. So, first, Beyonce dropped Black is King. I'm not even the hugest Beyonce fan, but here's what I will tell you. I will tell you that it was beautiful. There was some beautiful imagery, really just unapologetic Blackness, captured, personified. It was gorgeous. Um, but of course... <laughs> That made mainstream say that it's pagan and satanic because, of course, celebrating blackness must be the work of the devil. Surely the Lord, you know, the one from Egypt, skin like gold, hair like wool, that one. Yeah. Surely he could not, excuse me, skin like bronze. Don't even matter. Skin is brown. That's the goddamn point. Surely he could not have ordained other brown people celebrating their brownness. No, no, no. That has to be satanic. And then we had, uh, oh, my, my favorite video right now dropped, WAP. And we had mainstream saying that uh, Megan and Cardi set women back. Set us back where? We're still barely getting paid 20 cents on the fucking dollar. We're not that far ahead. Let's, <laughs> let's keep calm on that. But God forbid a woman, you know, owns her sexuality, claims her sexuality. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she's setting the feminist movement back. You got to make it make sense. You have to make it make sense. First of all, I grew up 
<laughs> way raunchier music than that shit. That shit was basically PG-13. I grew up with Luke, Akineli, NWA. I mean, I remember them playing Put It In Your Mouth at Skate Key. And that was during the 730 to 10:30 session. That's not even the adult session. That was the teenage session. So we're not gonna sit here and act like WAP is somehow, you know, offensive to the senses. Get the fuck out of here. I feel like everybody mad about WAP probably got a dap, a dry ass pussy. <laughs> I don't know, sis, moisturize your situation, get you some coconut water, eat you some pineapples, really, you know, moisturize from the inside out so that you can have a better feeling about a good ass song and a bomb ass video. Then what happened? Ah, then then Tory, Tory fucking Lane's Canadian fucking schmuck. This schmuck shot Megan in the foot. Shot Megan in the foot. And you fucking idiots had the nerve to be asking, well, what did she do? Excuse me? Are you on crack? He shot her in the foot and her first response was still to protect him, to not tell the cops that he did it, to not even fucking, she didn't even want the cops involved because, well, we all know the cops are still killing us. That's still their favorite fucking sport, shooting black people. So she didn't want to put herself or him in harm's way and she didn't want to jeopardize either of their careers. She definitely didn't want to jeopardize his because his is the one that would take the hit. Or so you would think. But no, 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 you got a million people talking about some, oh, well, what did she do? Or why didn't she see the signs? See the signs? They just, they just dating. This is how you learn the signs while you're dating. Like what? And then just all type of dumbass excuses. Let me tell you something. As someone who shoots, you don't pick up a motherfucking gun unless your intent is to maim or harm. I'm not picking up a gun and aiming it at someone unless my intent is to maim or to harm them. I know what bullets do. I know what bullets do. I've seen people shot and I shoot guns, obviously at a range in a safe place um, because I don't want to harm anybody. And, and I would only use a gun if I needed to defend myself from fucking mortal death. Like <laughs> from, yeah, I, like I really can't even wrap my mind around the narratives that have come out of this Meg and Tory situation. The fact that anybody can even fix their fucking mouth to make any excuses for it. And then, and then when, when I thought, <laughs> when I thought we had hit rock bottom, and I don't know if the timing of this was accurate, but this is when I seen it. Um, then there was the Wendy and Kiki uh, interview on Wendy's show where Kiki is like, you know, Wendy, I was really disappointed to see that you were dragging me when Kiki had been in a very frightening situation for her. She was very concerned for her welfare. She was very concerned on whether or not she might be assaulted as she hid in the closet until she felt safe enough to get away. And uh, this was at an industry, you know, I guess an, an industry event. Now I, I anyone is, is free to correct me. I believe Wendy said that this was Henry Trey songs, um, like some event at his house that turned into a video shoot and Kiki didn't feel comfortable because, you know, if it's a video shoot and like, where's my hair and makeup, you know, where's the four bookings, where's the contracts, you know, where's the formalities of a video shoot. 
and um, she was uncomfortable and she hid until she felt comfortable leaving. And Wendy being another black woman in the industry, you would think that, you know, her response, especially being a woman who was in a very abusive marriage for so long and someone who has endured so much, um, so many traumatic experiences in and outside the industry, you would think that she would um, take a different approach, especially with a, young, a younger black woman. But no, you know, Wendy's gone Wendy. Wendell is gonna Wendell. And she started victim blaming. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? Black women cannot exist in peace. If we, if we celebrate blackness, we're the devil. If we claim our sexuality, uh, we're whores, hoes, and we set the feminist movement back. If we are um, dating and just trying to get to know somebody and we have an argument, I deserve to get shot. If, if, I'm, in an if I'm at a place that all of a sudden turns into a place that I'm uncomfortable in, well, I have the responsibility of getting the fuck out of there, even if I'm afraid of how I'm going to make my exit. Leave Black women the fuck alone. I don't know why it's especially, especially other fucking black women, especially other black women. Like nothing irks me more. Like have we learned nothing? We, we're literally coming off of Breonna Taylor getting killed in her fucking bed. Like sis was at home minding her fucking business, laid up with her man, minding every ounce of her fucking business and she was murdered. She still hasn't gotten justice. Sandra fucking Bland was in custody, shouldn't have even been in custody, but in custody and still, and still murdered because y'all can miss me with that suicide shit. And then they sold us, they tried to sell us the narrative um, of her being, uh, of her committing suicide. But this woman was in custody, clear, complying, complying because she, she's in jail. Like <laughs> what else is she doing? She can't, she can't not comply at this point because she is literally incarcerated. And still she was unsafe. Black women are constantly unsafe. We are unsafe from judgment. We're physically unsafe. We're emotionally unsafe. Every day of our life is an endurance sport and it's a fucking trauma-like gauntlet. So when it's, it's bad enough when mainstream does it, but when other Black women do it, like some of the comments I have read over the last month and a half on... Um, on the socials have really hit my motherfucking nerves. Like, please just leave black women alone. Just let us be. <laughs> like, I feel like we can't even convert O2 to CO2 without that shit being a motherfucking cause of action for somebody to feel like they need to hop on their goddamn pedestal and they need to tell us how to act. They need to tell us how to speak. They need to tell us how to date. They need to make us completely palatable for every separate demographic except our fucking selves. And I am tired of it. I am exhausted from it. I'm tired, but make no mistakes about it. I am not deterred. I am determined as fuck to continue to amplify our voices, to continue to amplify our stories, to continue to be unapologetic about everything about me that is black, brown, and motherfucking beautiful. And if it aggravates your senses, then for me, job well fucking done. I am tired. Stop trying to govern Black women's very existence. I don't even understand how you have the time. How do you have the time? Like if anyone 
can make make it make sense to me that Black is King is to 10. I mean, because wasn't it just a play on The Lion King? Everybody loves the fucking Lion King. Simba, it is time. We love that shit. Yes, I don't, listen, I'm working on my accents. <laughs> they're not good yet, but they're going to get better. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's based off of a, cartoon, a beloved animation that everyone loves. But when there's a Black face attached to it, it's satanic what huh come on i don't make no sense <sighs> i really want to give wop some time i want to give wop some time because first of all i love the video i thought the imagery was beautiful both women looked stellar this is why god didn't give me no cheeks god knew if he gave me cheeks i would be splitting on two chairs and twerking, God knew that. That's why God said, we're going to give her the big five Melissa booty. She's going to get the mini cupcakes. Now, I'm not going to hold you. Motherfuckers like mini cupcakes, too. Big Bob Melissa got a lot of motherfucking locations, okay? <laughs> and they deliver all lies. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, they like the little booties, too. But God knew. God said, I got to keep her humble. I got to keep her humble because she's going to do the most if I give her a booty. But WAP was so dope. If you have not listened to the explicit version and you are someone who likes explicit music, then you should listen to it because the shit was excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the comments that I read on Twitter when WAP came out was one from a white woman who, uh, she's from the, the fucking, the ashy side of the aisle, the RNC side of the aisle. And she was just saying how, um, one, how it set women back. Um, two, how, you know, this kind of music isn't really good music. And I commented, well, we all know their brand of music. And if it's not your brand of music, why the fuck are you listening? Why are you pressing play? You know how much shit I don't press play on? Because it ain't my brand of music? Because I don't want to hear that shit? It's real simple. Music is optional. Music is not, like, this shit wasn't forced on you. It had just dropped on title. It had not even been up a full six hours before they were talking shit. It dropped at midnight. They were talking shit by 6 a.m. So it's not like you heard this shit coming from a car. You didn't hear this shit at, at no store in the mall. You didn't hear this shit by force. You pressed play. So you went out your way to have something to say about black women. You went out of your way to talk shit about black women. Make it make sense. Now, real quick, I do want to touch on the Kylie shit because a lot of black women were aggy as fuck that Kylie was in the video. Now, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I found out on Twitter. I found out on Twitter. When I tell you I was so enamored with how beautiful how beautiful Cardi and Meg looked. Like, I was here for that 1996 swoop shit they had going in the first look. I was here for the animal, you know, print. I was even here for that fucking Joker look they had in that Willy Wonka ass scene. I was here for it. I did not notice Kylie at all. And if not for everyone going off on Twitter, I probably would have never noticed her. But Black women were up in fucking arms. Like, why is this bitch like a dead center walking down the middle of the hallway. Like, why is the focus on her? You could have put another um, black female artist in there. And not that I, I don't disagree with them to keep it a buck. I don't um, because she's literally the only person I didn't notice in the video. I didn't notice her 
at all. And I had to watch it two more times to actually notice her. And when I did, I was like, wow, she really is like front and center, you know, like coming down the hallway. How the fuck did I miss her front and center? Because, sis, you don't have, you just, she didn't have to possess that Cardi and Meg has. So her existence was moot to me. And, you know, <laughs> that just is what the fuck it is. Everybody don't pop like a black girl do. So I'm sorry, sis, not sorry at all. Uh, she didn't resonate with me at all. I really didn't even notice her. I was like, I can't pay you no mind because I don't even see you. <laughs> You're not even there. So then the other comment that stuck out was this, um, uh, another Republican, but it was a white man. And he was saying that he heard, he literally wrote, I heard the song by accident. Y'all already know this type. We all know this type. If you are a, a, a Black woman that <laughs> has walked outside, definitely if you're a Black woman that's worked in an, orf an office space, um, you, you already know this type. These are the motherfuckers that low-key um, fantasize about being with a Black woman. You didn't accidentally hear Cardi and Meg. Remember, I told y'all to drop that midnight. <laughs> drop that midnight. It ain't, it was like what? At this point, it was like 7 a.m. I mean, COVID's still outside. Where the fuck were you at? You were in your house. You press play. You probably got a notification set on both of their fucking YouTube and their Vivo accounts so that you don't miss a fat ass go by. Sir, sir, you should have just watched your video in private jerked yourself off and got the fuck on with your day we did not need your commentary black women do not need you to govern how the fuck they move about the cabin let me tell you something else i so appreciated the overt owning of their sexuality it's why i'm a little kim fan it's why i was a foxy fan uh well shit honestly i thought foxy stopped rapping but i just heard her on a new Nas album so I don't want to say was a fan and she's still an active artist because I, I do like Foxy. Um, it's why in the beginning I was a Nicki fan. In truth, I'm not a Nicki fan anymore, but I, I used to like Nicki um, way before she blew up. And then early on in her in, you know popular part of her career, I, I like Nicki. And she still got a bar here there that I give a box to. Like, okay, sis, talk about it. But I tend to gravitate towards women that really own their sexuality because that is my persona like that is who or that that's who i am like that is that is how i <laughs> that's how i move about the cabin i am completely comfortable with the fact that i'm a sexual being i like sex i like talking about sex i thoroughly love having it especially when it's good so um for me sex is not something that's taboo and i appreciate when we stop making a taboo, and I definitely appreciate when we own our sexuality. I feel like, or not I feel, but I know. I know that no one jumps out the fucking window when men talk about women's sexuality and when, when men hypersexualize us, when men talk about putting their dicks in our mouths and men talk about sticking a dick in our ass and doing X, Y, and Z. And you know, no, one, no one senses are offended. No one senses are offended. I mean, there are catalogs of songs from men. Catalogs, okay? Encyclopedia, fucking Britannica, voluminous catalogs of songs by men hypersexualizing us. 
you know, basically talking about us as if our only purpose is so that they can ejaculate. And nobody's mad about it. Everybody gets a bob to it. Everybody takes it for entertainment and goes about their day. But the minute women reclaim their own fucking sexuality and reclaim their time, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've set back a movement. Now, I'm not going to hold y'all, but I mean, we all know that the feminist movement and its origin left us out any fucking way. So what movement am I setting back? The one that didn't even fucking count me to begin with? I'm going to need you to do a little better than that. I'm going to definitely need you to do a little better than that. I'm not even going to get back into um, Megan and, and, and Tori because that shit enrages me in a very different way. Um, I will say this. I was really, really annoyed with T.I.'s response. I find myself annoyed with his responses generally. I wish he talked a little less. For someone who loves to use his word of the day calendar, he didn't really have anything relevant to say in re Tory shoot and Megan. It was really, it was a real blase approach to the conversation. You know, like, yo, I can't believe that. I mean, that's unimaginable. This is preposterous. Really, sir? Really, that, that's, that's all you got? That's all you got? I mean, honestly, that nigga went harder for, for the Gucci store when they were protesting in Atlanta. Then he went for Meg, getting shot. You know how much it broke my fucking heart that Meg was so disbelieved that she felt the need to prove it by showing the bullet wound, by going live on Instagram. Black women are so unprotected. This woman went through a traumatic experience. She don't got her parents. She's in this falsehood industry where everybody is, you know, out for something. People don't really fuck with you the long way. And if you don't got a team of people that have been with you for a long time um, and, and like really some old heads that you can lean on and lean into, yo, it's easy to get caught up. It's easy to end up in a fucked up situation. She's been going through a lot. Like, you know, if you follow her, if you're a fan of hers, you know that she's, you know, been, it's been an emotional fucking roller coaster for her this last um, year or so. And to have, to have like literally what probably felt like the entire world because the socials were definitely up in arms and According to her, a lot of the blog stories that were trying to say, a lot of the blog stories that were basically um, trying to discredit her were planted by Tory's people. It's like, yo, I got fucking shot, bro. I got shot. I'm the, I'm the fucking victim. I was the person that got shot. And you motherfuckers are believing everyone but me. Yeah, I'm not talking about it because I don't want his career up in smoke. I want to put this behind me. I want to move forward. The two motherfuckers are making me out to be the bad guy. So much, I'm so disbelieved as a black woman, no value is put on my word, no value is put on my life to the point that I have to show the bullet wound. That shit is depressing. That's depressing. That, that shit hurt my heart really and truly. That, that, that really, that sent me to another place. And then to really like be concluding this stretch of time with 
seeing that conversation between Wendy and Kiki, let me tell y'all, <laughs> it wasn't safe for nobody at work. I'm telling y'all, it was like two whole weeks of it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe. Like, don't say nothing, don't play with me. There's this uh, white woman that I work with who habitually mispronounces my name, although I know that bitch can pronounce my name correctly. And so I consistently correct her. I have even updated my signature block with my name spelled out phonetically. You are going to get my name correct, period. I am not fucking playing with anyone and their fucking microaggressions. You got the right bitch at the right time because I was sitting on ready for like two, not I think about the practice, like three weeks. Three weeks of if anybody says something, I'm gonna lose this fucking job. I'm about to lose my job because I was not with the shit. So, you know, anyone who <laughs> follows me in the socials or who has followed me in the socials for years, because I haven't really even mentioned Wendell in some time because she gets on my damn nerves. Honestly, she is, she's a pick me as person. And that shit, like, I, oh, I don't do well with the pick me women of the world. You you have the right to be whatever kind of woman you want to. I got the right to not fuck with you, though. <laughs> and I, I do not do well with the pick-me women of the world. And Wendell's always been that kind of person. Um, she reminds me of a scene from The Game, which, P.S., I love that show. And if you don't know, The Game seasons one through three are on Netflix now. Stream it. Enjoy it. Let's get into how toxic all of those motherfuckers were. <laughs> and, you know, let's talk about it on the socials. Um, but it reminded me of um, a line from Tasha, who, if you don't watch the show, she is an agent. She's a football agent at a very big uh, sports agency. And she is the lone woman shown as a senior uh, manager. Anyway, she is the, <laughs> what was she? She was the wrangler of debauchery, whatever. Anyway, her job was to make sure that the hookers made it up, the strippers made it upstairs with the players, period. Um, and she convinced this girl to go upstairs. She was a stripper, not a hooker. And she convinced her to basically be a hooker for this player so that the player wouldn't tell her boss. And as she's processing what she just did, like, because she basically pimped this girl out. She starts to realize that, yo, she always used to be one of those strong women, one of those women that were telling other women to empower themselves. And now she finds herself doing any and everything possible to fit in the boys club. That's pick me as behavior. The good thing about Tasha is she identified it, remedied her situation. The shit about Wendy is she doubled down on that shit all the time all the fucking time like behavior that is clearly unacceptable clearly unacceptable she'll double down on it she victim blames like the shit is going out of style so i am absolutely not a fan of hers i was i would have been disheartened if it had been anyone else but i expected it because it was windy but it still pissed me off mentorship is so important in every industry you know, healthcare, the legal profession, uh, entertainment, the beauty industry. Mentorship really, for a lot of us, makes the difference in us 
making it to the next level, it makes the difference in us being able to navigate um, dangerous waters, being able to navigate, um, you know, processes and flows and, and, and just kind of like the, the work climate that you don't know until you've experienced it. And it helps us from, you know, making unnecessary mistakes. It gives us the opportunity to learn from somebody else's mistakes. So when I see a woman and, you know, by now you should have binged all of season one twice. So if you remember from uh, the episode where I was discussing the importance of mentorship and how some of us don't get it. And even from the Black Girl Tragic episode, uh, when I first went to the video format, you'll remember that I, you know, I talked very heavily about how important it is for us to have mentorship and how sometimes we don't get it, especially from older women, because they may be threatened uh, by us or, you know, they feel like, well, I had to do it the hard way, so you should have to do it the hard way, as opposed to, you know, understanding that we're supposed to lift as we climb. We're supposed to make it easier for the next, you know, the next generation or the, you know, the next rounds of women of color that are coming in. When I see that, that shit offends my senses in a different kind of way. And I was thoroughly pissed off with Wendy. But what really invigorated me and inspired me was the way Kiki defended herself and the way Kiki called herself out. Um, I'm going to always tell you to be unapologetically Black. I'm going to always tell you to be unapologetically a whole person. And that means that you, you're going to need to defend that at times, you know, that that's just the world we live in. And when I say at times, I mean most times. You're going to have to defend being unapologetic about standing in your truth and standing in who you are. And part of who you are is being a Black woman. Um, so when Kiki called her out and said, you know, I was upset to hear that you were on the show dragging me when you're a, you know, you're a woman in this industry too. You know what it feels like to have people try to take advantage of you. You know what it's like to be in this, you know, in a difficult situation. And when Wendy tried to call her out, like, well, why didn't you just leave? She was like, I did leave. I didn't leave immediately. Um, no, she said, I did leave. And Wendy said, you hid in the closet. She said, because I was scared. I was young and I was scared and I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And I didn't know how to react. I loved that she owned every piece of who she is. She was young. She's a woman. She was scared. She did not try to mask it. She didn't try to throw in no fucking cape and pretend like, well, you know what I'm saying? This motherfucking shit happened to me. So I was like, fuck that and I'm out. No, we, we find ourselves in situations where sometimes we are fucking scared and it's not a weakness to say, yo, I was scared. I, I didn't react immediately because I didn't know what to do. I was frightened. I was scared. That is being scared is literally part of the black woman experience because we are literally the least protected, the least respected. Being scared comes with the fucking territory. So when you are unexpectedly in a situation of, a, of, of potentially assault or potentially sexual assault because the word sex definitely got thrown out there and, you know, Wendy was like, oh, sounds like there's more to this story because y'all know she is basically a, a fucking smutty tabloid <laughs> in real time. But, you know, to the point, I love that Kiki, one, defended herself. I love that she called Wendy out. And I love that she owns every facet of herself. Like, she owns her whole self, you know. She said, I was scared. And once I 
figured out how to get out. I, I got out, you know, and I stood up for myself and she filed a lawsuit, um, which is also a part of her standing up for herself. Like you don't just get to intimidate me. You don't just get to put me in unsafe environments. You don't just get to treat my life as if it's something negligible. And I appreciated that she, first of all, I'm a lawyer. So y'all know, I love to see a lawsuit fly. <laughs> Let them shits fly when they should. Um, and so then Wendy tried to challenge her and she was like, well, are you, are you going to drop the lawsuit? I mean, I can't believe you filed the lawsuit. She said, I absolutely filed the lawsuit. She said, um, and her only uh, response to whether or not she was going to drop it was that it's reached its resolution. So I don't know what that means because that can mean a myriad of things in the legal world. So what I do know is she stood up for herself against her, her predator, for lack of a better way to put it, someone that she felt was predatory towards her. She stood up for herself um, against Wendy. And more importantly, she did it on national television because that's going to make so much of a difference for another young woman um, to feel empowered and feel encouraged to stand up for themselves. So I really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, I mean, more than anything, I just I really need people to let us fucking be like, Stop policing us, get off our fucking back, just let us be. And then more importantly than that, we need fucking justice for Breonna Taylor. We, we are, I'm convinced we're never gonna get justice for Sandra Bland, but we absolutely have to keep fighting to get justice for Breonna Taylor. If you go to the Black Girl SOS Instagram page, um, you'll see a red post. It has a phone number, it has a website, um, so it's got multiple ways that you can continue to use your voice, amplify your voice to demand justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, we, we, have to, we have to defend ourselves. We have to speak up for ourselves. We have to advocate for ourselves. There are not many of us that are going to get the kind of protection that... Um, Oh man, I'm sorry that I forget the sister's name. Out in Long Island, who her neighbors were harassing her. Uh, I believe she's a nurse and she had the notice on her on her front door, you know, that she's being harassed by the neighbors. And if anything happens, you know, they did it. And I was just really, really impressed and inspired by the way Black men showed up for her. I was impressed and inspired by the way, um, I forget the young gentleman's name that sat out there every day until her neighbors were arrested and he's still there he according to him he's not leaving until um justice is fully served so you know it's not very often that we have that kind of support that kind of care and that kind of protection um so we we have to advocate for ourselves we have to speak up for ourselves the world is going to continue to try to police us and try to govern us. And they're not going to let us have a free fucking moment. But we can't allow that shit. We can't allow it. We can't sit by and watch it happen to anybody else. And we damn sure can't allow it to happen to ourselves. <sighs> Y'all, I'm exhausted. Exhausted. I'm telling you, every time I get into that shit, it wears me out. But because I want to end on a very high note, because I'm so so excited 
to be back. Um, well, let's just say it's going to be an amazing season. Um, I hope you all ride out with me. I have so many big things planned that I hope I'm successful at effectuating. Actually, let me just go ahead and claim that. I'm going to go ahead and claim all of the things I have planned. I plan to, you know, expand my media footprint, expand my listenership, um, you know, expand my entire podcast experience, um, learn more so I can give you all better quality, better production, better everything. I just, I want to make this as dope as possible for all of you. And I definitely want to make sure that I am touching various media outlets because I, I had, I had a little come to Jesus moment, um, not very long ago. Uh, you remember I said I was ready to quit my job. Um, there's just so much going on and so much negative energy was being poured into my life and poured into my space. And I don't receive that. I don't claim that. And, you know, I'm not here for that. Um, but, you know, grateful to the Orishas that guide me one time for the Obatala vibes um, to help me keep myself balanced and, and to temper myself when I need to be, you know, to find patience when people are really, really pushing me. And I found that one of the main streams of aggravation um, in my workspace was one feeling like this is work that should matter and it's, it very swiftly became work that doesn't matter. Like we lost the substance of why we're doing this work. And then two, a lot of additional things I was doing in my workspace was what I do here, what I do innately, what I've always done, um, and that's amplify suppressed voices. And during my come to Jesus moment, I um, it was just like a reminder that that's who I've always been. I was that person when I was a kid. You know, a lot of my fights um, before you know I went full Fight Club. <laughs> before I went full Fight Club and. Even then, you know, a lot of a lot of my fights was were in defense of other people. Um, a lot of the arguments I got into were in defense of other people. Um, I had a best friend growing up who wasn't a fighter. She was a sweet girl, um, a little sassy because she had Aries, but really not a not a problem starter. You know, if you knew her, you, you just liked her because she was a cool girl. But she was cute. She was pretty. She wasn't a fighter. She had long hair, so you know, people thought it was cool to pick on her and. That not not on not on my watch, you know. I was probably beating your ass if you thought that was gonna be the approach. And just during my coming to Jesus moment, I realized that that's who I've always been. I've always been someone who tried to amplify people's voices and who tried to amplify suppressed voices. And that in doing in trying to do that in my workspace, I found that people mistook my niceness or weakness and it pisses me off when people do that and anyone who knows me 
knows that is a trigger. <laughs> that is a trigger for me. And it's especially a trigger for me when you know that I ain't that motherfucking nice, so don't play with me. And you still mistake my, you mistake my, ni my niceness for weakness. So that set me off. That triggered all of these memories. And it just reminded me that I absolutely have to have a space in my, a concentrated space in my life where I am amplifying suppressed voices. And this is that space. So, you know, I was like, I, I got to get back to recording and I have to get, and not only just get back to recording and get back to having these conversations and giving voices to all facets of Black women, but that I needed to step it up a notch. Like if, if season one was, you know, a C plus season, this season needs to be an A plus season, right? Because <laughs> we're shooting for valedictorian status at all times. Like I just, I want to continue to do a better job and make sure that, that I'm fulfilling my purpose of giving voice and, 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 and giving a platform to suppress conversations, suppress a suppressed demographic and suppressed voices through through doing this. And I thoroughly enjoy doing this. So I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to feel a renewed purpose, a renewed spirit. And I'm just ready to fuck shit up this season. I'm telling y'all, like, I feel like this season is gonna be something so very special. And I'm just really grateful to have you all along for the ride. So don't forget to click subscribe, to click follow on all the platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. And to check out the new merch, the link is in the bio. We got some good shit coming. Man, y'all have a fantastic, fantastic day. Oh, I would never, never rob you of the signature. Until next time, y'all have a good one.